Hey, I'm Dave, and you're listening to another episode of Dying to Listen, presented by the Disc Golf Dyers Guild. Today, I have a very special in-person guest, another one. There's a lot of Wisconsin dyers, uh, but we have Alan Redlinski. What up? A.K.A. Bones. Uh, thank you for uh, being on here. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Uh, we actually just got done playing a round at Leagues at Sussex, mm-hmm. and you did pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, walked out uh, neg three today. <laughs> me, so. not so much. I think uh, I tried to not remember the score. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously you played disc golf, but what got you into playing disc golf? Um, so... I got into disc golf through um, my cousin was my main uh, influence, but or inspiration. Um, but uh, I got into disc golf um, because disc golf is the or was the uh, one sport that I was actually able to play um, uh, with um, uh, having epilepsy. So I wasn't able to play other sports, so you know, got into disc golf and just ran with it. So I guess can you explain a little bit more about that and the epilepsy? I was uh, diagnosed with epilepsy at the age of two, um, and um, so through through the years, I wasn't able to um, do auto tech or woods class or um, uh, different kinds of sports. Um, and so like, it's, it's been kind of my, uh, my kind of struggle through life, but, um, uh, about three years ago now, um, I had a, um, uh, brain surgery to take care of my, uh, epilepsy. And so, um, now, uh, I am going on three years seizure free. That's awesome. And don't you have a tattoo to explain that a little bit? Yes, I do. Um, so, uh, right here I have um, a scan of my brain, um, and the black is what was removed for surgery. Um, the black is, uh, it was the uh, left frontal lobe and the left amygdala, and that's, uh, that's where the seizures were coming from. That's crazy. Well... How has you know the disc golf disc golfing helps you with everything? Um, so disc golf was like the you know like I say like the one sport that I could finally play, um, but it was a um, it was finally like a sport of acceptance mm-hmm. with um, with my. Uh, struggle with with seizures with epilepsy and the limitations of it but then finally found the sport and there's there's no holding back it's like finally finally found the sport that i can actually like play and really enjoy and it's like you know who who doesn't like going out for a beautiful nature hike for two hours a day yes you know this is fun unless you hit a lot of trees and miss all your butts So what got you into disc dyeing then? Like I'm I'm really big into art. I'm an artist. Um I am a freehand artist. Um it's like the uh the tattoos that you can see, um I I drew them freehand. The only one that I did not draw is my falcon. 
um, is my Polish Falcon for Polish heritage. Um, but so it's like I drew on paper for years and years and years and years. And through school, I wasn't able to take sports or, um, uh, you know, kind of like get into that stuff. So it's like, you know, I, I took every art class that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like now finally going from, uh, you know, putting on paper or even, you know, like plates with food. Um, now it's putting on plastic with with dyes, with uh, acetone. And um, it's like, you know, now can finally like hold that um, beautiful piece of art and you don't need to worry about tearing the paper, <laughs> you know? Yes, just hitting trees. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I saw your actual drawing artwork that you've done and I was like, I'm honestly really impressed with that. And that's cool that you can thank you translate that to this dying. I rarely see a lot of people, if anybody, doing what you're doing. Because um, you're doing it a little bit differently, I think, in my mind, is you're applying the dye that people would normally do for like beds on top of the disc. So that's mm-hmm. uh, obviously we can yes. dive into that a little bit more. But. Um, when did you start buying your discs? Um, I started uh, about two and a half years ago. Okay. Um, I went from kind of like super simple and watching watching videos on YouTube, and like, uh, I, I think this is how I do it, <laughs> um, to now um, my uh, my kind of like main thing I've worked up to is um, using squeeze bottles to where I can get just as fine lines as Sharpies. Mm. So I can go from, um, you know, using Sharpie on paper and still get that same width than onto plastic. That's crazy. Thank you. Uh, do you remember the first disc that you dyed? Um, yes, it was a, um, a base stamp or bottom stamp, uh, uh, Discraft Comet. Um, I do believe a 164 gram, and I tie-dyed the top um, in my first base uh, snowflower design. But it is uh, uh, pink, green, blue, and white originally on a uh, green, blue, white burst tie-dye plastic. So the bottom will still have that burst design and then the top is bigger burst lines very interesting uh do you remember like your second or third discs that you died um second disc was a um uh west side sword um uh long distance driver i did a um a top stamp but the top stamp was um uh, i do wave effect design um, first one was, uh, or like first layer was the inner circle of the top was with white line and black filler outside was white, no, was black line with white filler and then red to complement. Um, and then I did a Sharpie freehand on the bottom. Nice. So thank you. So I'm going to say, I, 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 you have a signature style, but if you could define what your signature style is, how would you describe it? Um, I would say uh, uh, all freehand art 
Um, I, I do not use um, rulers. Uh, uh, I do not use computers, printers. Uh, I do not use um, like go go on to the internet, print it off, and like try and get that you know that same picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like stare at the picture for you know hours if needed, and then just go by memory. That's that's crazy. So, where do you get your inspiration from for your dying? The 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 artwork that you see on the plastic. Um, uh, the inspiration, the meanings all behind my artwork uh, is what was taken out of my head. That That's crazy and pretty awesome at the same time that you can translate what is in your head onto a disc and it looks killer. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So more, more power to you. Um, do you want to just kind of describe your process a little bit of how you actually buy the disc? Like What's your mixture and all that good happy stuff? I use um, uh, lotion, Floetrol, and uh, uh, acetone, and then um, eye dye for my colors. Um, and then, so I I use like just you know if I'm using you know if I'm going to do two discs in the same amount of colors um, or the same shades. Um, or if I'm doing two completely different, um, uh, you know, different designs, different styles, different colors, um, I will I will get a I will get a disc and I will stare at it for an hour to five hours, mm. trying to like mentally design uh, step by step the the angles, the colors, the shading, how it will complement. Uh, and then it's like, once I have it, once I can see it, then I follow my lines. Um, yeah. So what tools do you all use for your dusting? So I use, um, uh, like, I think it's like three three ounce, four ounce, uh, small squeeze bottles with, uh, ultra fine tips. Um, uh, I use, um, it's like, like braces or gum. Are those little rubber bands? No, No. they're like little, uh, rubber cones. Okay. And, um, instead of using a toothpick, instead of using, um, uh, a, um, a Q-tip. Mm-hmm. Um, I use this dental piece, and uh, it is it ju- gets just as fine, if not finer, than a toothpick, and it is malleable. Huh? What is it made out of? Uh, rubber. Really? And so, uh, I use them because you know um, when you're going for those smudges, are you going for? Uh, super fine smudges or are you going for wider smudges hmm. are you going for using it as a um a eraser as in like you know if you're uh if the dye runs then you can re-merge it back into form or do you need it f- just for smudging just for effects huh well now you piqued my interest with that because i have never heard of that before 
Thank you. I like I say, <laughs> like I say, in school, man, uh, you name it, I did it in art. Right. So, how did you find that tool? Um, I went to a grocery uh, grocery store um, and I went through the. Uh, uh, the clearance section and i found a pack <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh i can i could use those yeah and i brought them home and they worked out perfect nice well i, I guess it depends on what you're dying but do you dye your mixture do you create your mixtures per dye or do you kind of do them as um i guess i kind of answer my own question because you have those bottles so if i fill it up i can get Okay, let's say I'm using four bottles, four different colors per or on one disc. Mm. I could probably get three discs per bottle. Okay. So like, yeah. you know, um, but then it's like, you know, if needed, then just a little bit more flow troll and thin it out. Yeah. So why do you specifically like to use iDye Poly for your dye? Mainly because it's like that that was the first dye that I had found and then I have uh, mastered it mm. to like being able to use it and then getting uh, different shades, um, being able to like mix the colors and get, uh, you know, once again, different shades, uh, um, creating, you know, like just more or less it comes down to just different shades of colors yeah you know but like instead of being a uh a um uh, liquid base or a um uh like different different dyes have different um uh, amount of time for rest or different um i don't know I've, I've just seen like just other people using them using their um dyes mainly for like the uh the glue beds or like a liquid bed mm-hmm. um and it's like with the uh with the eye dye i keep in the crystals so then it's like you know do i need a little bit do i need a lot mm-hmm. you know um but every time i make a disc i make colors fresh gotcha do you have any specific scientific recipes that you go by when you create your mixtures or if it's just a little a little bit of this dash of that I have a pretty good um, uh, system down where it is um, about one third lotion to two thirds um, uh, uh, Floetrol. Um, and then about maybe total of about one tablespoon, um, about one tablespoon per cup of acetone. Um, to break down the uh, to break break down the color crystals. Hmm. So, but it's it's just like how much Floetrol do you need to thin out your lotion? Um, you know, do you want your color to be thick mm-hmm. and um, to where it's not malleable, or do you want it to be thin to where it runs with more Floetrol, or you mix it to where you know you can have like just a little bit more lotion over Floetrol and it's solid but still malleable. So basically, you have different. You use lotion and Floetrol to do the viscosity. If you need something thinner, you use more Floetrol, lotion, vice versa. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that you use acetone as well. Um, have you ever tried using water instead of acetone? Um, I have. Um, and I have found that um, so water will work, but you have a higher risk of the 
of your dye breaking. Your water will separate from your dye, and when it does, since your since you know, um, so water is kind of like the acetone, right? It's the you know liquid beige, of course, but like as it colors, it will soak in that color, and then the water breaks from your dye as it drips out. It will it will still dye where it drips, mm -hmm. and so acetone um, part part of acetone since it's you know such a tight acid you know um it evaporates very fast mm -hmm. and so once applied as it evaporates then your lotion and um flow trawl are left your flow trawl will turn into hard and your uh, uh lotion once dehydrated it will turn into hard so mm -hmm. then your uh flow trawl or i'm sorry your uh acetone evaporates Flow trawl and lotion set. Mm. So then after that 12, 14 hours, you'll have a hard seal. Mm. And then you wash it, and there's your beautiful piece of art. How did you come up with your mixtures? Where is it just experimentation? Um, it is it is experimentation because um, uh, that is part of art. Yes. And that's, you know, it's like... Um, uh, so I, I cook too. So it's like I do artwork, everything from paper to plastic plates. Yeah. So it's like, you know, with, with cooking, it's like everything is experimental. You know, you look at a recipe on paper, the recipe is never correct, it is never correct. <laughs> you know, because yeah. like, you know, every everybody has a different sense of taste. So somebody will be like, oh, more salt, more pepper, mm -hmm. more this, more that, you know. And so kind of like that's art in general mm -hmm. you know oh i need more more you know yellow i need more orange no i need more purple mm -hmm. you gotta work you know kind of make it work yes um i love that saying um paper plastic and plates <laughs> or whatever order they had that in but that's uh that's nice um what is the hardest part of disc dyeing for you perfection mm -hmm. i i am a uh i am a fine detail perfectionist and so um if something goes out of order if um you know not not really out of order but if a line breaks if i bump my disc and smudge you know it's like i would say like that's like the kind of like the toughest part because it's like you know you could you could put in nine hours into this disc mm -hmm. and then in less than two seconds <laughs> those nine hours are out the door yeah you know so really that's the toughest part would you consider disc dyeing harder than paper art uh absolutely yes so for those out there dyeing discs that say yes. that they have no artistic ability it is like one of the hardest mediums to do <laughs> yes because it's like with with paper you know you go and you go to paint right you can go to the store and buy every shade of paint, every color that you can ever think of. Mm -hmm. Disc dyeing, you have to create your dye. You have to create your own color. Mm -hmm. And then, like, just applying in general, and it's like, you know, is it going to, you know, it's kind of like, is it going to be a hour disc or is it going to be a 36-hour disc, mm -hmm. you know? So how long does it typically take you to dye a disc? And like, 
What are, what are the uh, variables that take it make it take it longer? Um. Okay. Usually between three to twelve hours, depending on detail. Hmm. Um. Uh. So it's like if I am doing um. If I want to do a, let's say a, uh, a three-wave Zentangle design, mm-hmm. right? Individual piece. I put that down. That's three hours, mm-hmm. just just for the outline. And then, do you want to go, uh, like, blue, red, purple, or? You know, like, what is your color scheme? Mm-hmm. Then you go through, do your color scheme. You know, you do one color. Next thing you know, that's another two, two and a half hours. Mm. You know, that's not even uh, the... So that that's just applying that two, two and a half hours. That's just applying, not even making your colors, bottling your colors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, going through and having to, like, smudge and uh, do your do your filling detail so then you don't have bubbles Mm -hmm. and it's like or bullet spots and it's like that's that's where it takes you know that's where it will take that that longer time but it's like um you know it it just yeah like i say like it just comes down to the amount of detail so i take it you mostly do them in multiple sittings so I will try to do one disc in one sitting unless it has different layers. Mm-hmm. Um, if I am doing different layers, then I will do uh, either day by day or um, every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like eight hours per layer, and there's three to five layers. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> I'm also curious, if you're applying all that stuff, do you have any issues of it like drying out? while you're working because it's taking so long to apply so are you saying like uh like once on the disc or in the bottles well on the disc so, so it, you said it like takes three hours to apply your design yep so, so it's like if it if it dries i'm like woohoo <laughs> because then it can't smudge yeah and once once it dries then those colors are set mm-hmm. and uh if i were to like let's say you want to get to the other side of the disc. This side is wet. That side is dry. If I were to scrape that, it's already halfway set. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know, just kind of like looking at it, like all right, that's all done. You're ready. Just gotta finish up this part. So have you noticed any issues with that? So like you lay down your first color, and then you lay down your last color. Do you find that your first color is darker than the last part that you do? Um, because it's set, lo- set like a few hours longer? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have noticed that with a disc that like, I will set down and put you know, 10 to 12 hours into mm-hmm. um, for, for the whole top. Um, I've had times like that with, with previous discs, but I have a system down mm. to jump that. Um, so... Now it's like if uh, if the color that you know let's let's say um, you know your first color that you put on is going to be the first one to set mm-hmm. right well I've kind of beaten that by 
uh, do your the colors that you want the darkest first, um, or uh, if you want to put down um, a line design and then add texture to it, mm -hmm. put down your line design first, so then that will be the darkest, and then your other colors will complement that. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that was what I was thinking you were doing as well. It's like the colors that you want the darkest, you'll do the first. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, do you use any heat at all? Um, so I, I have not yet. Um, but I would like to because it's like I, I so I've seen on, on your prior post mm -hmm. that um, you did the four different discs, same color, same design, and the heated had set better. Mm -hmm. So it's like I was like, oh, you know, like that that looks like a very sweet you know idea. But it's like you know, like I just do not have a heater at my house yet, mm -hmm. and it's like with um. Uh, when when I do my uh, disc tie dyeing, I do it all face up. I put the colors onto it, um, and then have it set that face up. So it's like you know to apply heat right onto there, and then have them set faster. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's a grand idea. Yeah, that also brought uh, another question that I think of: How is it working with like really domey discs? Um. So. Domi discs are kind of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so working on five different ways of my pour over design, five different styles. Mm -hmm. um, but with doing that pour over, you are using more Floetrol to make it more liquidy mm -hmm. um, and less lotion to give it less body. So when doing that, your colors will have more flow and so it'll flow off of the disc faster mm -hmm. um, giving lighter color at the top where the color of course is thinner mm -hmm. and then darker on the outsides hmm. but <clears throat> excuse me but the best part of doing those super domey discs is flip that disc over and then do your design in there mm. and then do your pour into there because now sorry it's a big bowl mm -hmm. and so then you just pour all your color in there let it sit when you're ready dump it out um if i were to be doing a graphic on the top domey spot mm -hmm. i would do it um i would use all um my uh handheld squeeze bottles i would not do floetrol liquid mm -hmm because of that thing i find what you do unique that you apply the dye to the disc you don't do beds you do nope. the disc is the bed yes uh so that that i think is like very unique that i haven't really seen a whole lot of people do um yeah that is awesome uh speaking of that uh poor stuff we're actually going to be recording a master class on how to do this specific technique with bones here so if you want to check yes, out that video, I guarantee it's going to be awesome and you're going to learn something that will be on the Dyers Guild website. Um, it will be a paid class, but you will get to learn a lot and the money will also help uh, Bones because part of that will go to him as well. So I'm excited to record that. Um, uh, yeah. So definitely go check that out. I would highly recommend that. I'll, I'll definitely do more posts about that. But um, yeah, again, you do the die on top of the disc. For your base. So, yes. 
Do you have any disc dying fail stories mm-hmm. of things that you've messed up on? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it could be from getting, um, uh, I put die onto one of my, um, uh, opto, it's like, like the glitter opto fuse, um, like red plastic. Just got the tie-dye on, put like three and a half hours into it, and then um, I set it up on the counter, and my uh, niece and nephew come into the room. My nephew's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> um, you know, from from that to like putting like eight, nine hours into a disc, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, I'm bringing it over like going from like off off my lap because it's like i'll hold i'll hold the disc hmm. and then freehand onto the disc um uh and so it's like i got it finally done nine hours into it i'm holding it and i go to walk up to the table and it goes <laughs> and i'm like please set a little bit colors <laughs> Huh. Um, that's interesting that you hold it by hand when you do that. You don't like set it on a table. You use your hand to hold it. Um, I, I do because um, with holding it in my hand, it's like if I were to have it on a flat tabletop, mm-hmm. you have to touch the edges, right? If you do the edges first mm. or do lines and those lines go all the way out to the edges, you are going to touch it and smudge it. Hmm. Um, so... When I hold it, I will hold with my hand inside the bottom of the disc, and then when I'm when I'm doing the artwork, I can rotate it mm-hmm. to where it needs instead of having to touch it and then do that. Hmm. That is very interesting. I feel like I would get some hand cramps for holding it that long. <laughs> um, is you know like. I don't know. I I get more hand cramps than this one from squeezing yeah. those little bottles, um, or like, you know, uh, just back pain from being hunched <laughs> over and staring at this disc for nine hours. Yeah, that as well. Um, well, kudos for you for that because I would probably like sneeze and goes hit you. Ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you do have to set down the disc, what do you do? Um. So that's uh, when. With having my hand underneath the underneath the disc, um, sometimes I will leave a uh, empty spot, um, empty spot of plastic on the edge to where I can put my thumb. Mm. Um, so I'll come up to the table. One, okay, once it's all done, or once I'm ready for a uh, a rest point, um, then I'll take it and put it up to the table, get it on. And then slide up. Hmm. And then if I'm at that finish point, then I will touch that thumb spot as the finishing spot. And then you won't even notice it. Gotcha. Interesting. It's, it's always fascinating to listen to how people do stuff. It's uh, always learn something new and it's always interesting. <laughs> Is there anything else that you like to try or do or experiment to... I don't want to say improve your dyes, but ex- do something that you haven't done yet to improve your craft. Sure. Or I'm, I'm like all freehand where like I don't use a computer. I don't use um, like, you know, kind of like find it, print it, put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's like my final goal or like my main goal is getting the computer, the printer, uh, do my own freehand on a piece of paper, send it in and then print it off, be able to get my own fine, even finer uh, detail onto discs. I have uh, one right now. Um, and that is my um, uh, picture of Jupiter. And it's, it is all individual piece Jupiter. Um, and it has about mm, 800 to 1,000 individual pieces. Hmm. So, um, but it's like to just be able to do a freehand piece on paper, load it up, print it off, and then I could put my freehand art onto there, but it will be like going from pencil onto there rather than mm-hmm. doing freehand actual dye. That way I can get those finer black lines. Yeah, I know we talked about that. And before we talked about that, because I was looking at your um, paper art, and there's that one, I think it was, um, I can't remember what it was. It was like the sun or something like that. It's on the moon. Yep. It's like, boy, I really want to digitize this and put it on a disc. Go. Yep. So, and I've heard that from two other yeah. people too. Yes. Um, uh, so, like, uh, yep, that one is um, the moon, the stars, and the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, okay, we're talking tie dyes on plastic, right? I was saying like um, uh, eight hours to 30 some hours, 32, 36, up to 42, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, like, that sun. Uh, moon stars and the sun uh on paper that was about 96 hours that's crazy um and so it's like but it's like um that uh that picture is from uh one of my uh one of my seizures Mm. and it's like take take those emotions put that on paper but it's like if i can if i can take the uh emotions of memories put it on paper and then be able to put that on plastic. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Yes. And like doing all individual piece. Main goal is to do all, uh, all nine of our planets. Yes. Okay, including Jupiter. Or I'm sorry, not Jupiter. Uh, Pluto. Pluto. Yes. There we Pluto, go. Pluto is a planet, and will always be one in my heart. Yes. <laughs> um, so those two people that you're talking about were Mel and Eva from We Die Fly, right? Yes. Yes. So are they working on anything currently? Um, they they are not. Okay. Um, uh, and then it was, uh, uh, I think, Eve? Eve? Eva? Yeah. Um, she, was the, she was the one who was able to supply, or was able to print off for me my uh, Jupiter picture. Hmm. Um, so I have that print at my house. Um, I have not started it because I need to... Um, I need to master shading, mm. um, and one of my one of my biggest uh, colors that I have just least experience with is brown. Mm. So, and like brown, everything from uh, from the lightest tan of sand to almost black mm-hmm. to going into orange and then going into green. Yeah. So need I need those that color mix in order to make Jupiter. Yeah. Have you ever thought about uh, experimenting with some Pro Chemical colors to get what you're looking for? 
for your different colors of or different shades of brown? Um, into which one? Procamoclin dye because I have oh. a crap ton of. I have all the colors besides the two new colors. Wait, you have a few? No. Yeah, right. Just a few. <laughs> what you see off cameras, everything. Yeah. So I'm trying to get into like how I am with markers on paper. Mm-hmm. I have about a whole billion, billion and a half uh, markers, but it's like trying to uh, do that with um, with dyes, but from various companies. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever whatever company can make that correct shade, or if I, I can get that correct shade from whatever company. I'm going to snatch it up. Yeah. Hmm. But it's just, I die right now is just the one that I know the best. Yeah. No, that, that's what I started out with too. Um, but yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. You're basically looking for a stencil for your hand-drawn artwork to put on your disc, right? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. No, I really, really want to do that project with you uh, where you do the hand drawing and I can cut it out. And yeah, we, we will do this. That's, that sounds fantastic. We will do this. You just need to give me the artwork and we can do this. Absolutely. Hey, uh, give me about, a, I don't know, a 85 to 100 hours. You'll right. get it. <laughs> Starting now. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like I said, that one I really wanted to digitize for you uh, and I wanted to do. But if you're doing it, it'd be a lot easier if it was like just, you know, the black part of it. So like the uh, the yeah the uh, like the sun and moon mm-hmm. right yeah um, the sun and moon and then the uh, sunflower like I I just uh, I I feel like if we were to put them onto discs that we would have to um, uh, like crop the the photo itself and there's there's so much that is yeah going on that if we were to get either one onto there there's still so much more missing yeah that is true because it is a rectangle art piece that you're trying to fit on a circle disc and then and then the circle is on there both have like a billion layers yeah and um like i don't know but it's like like those like i'm, I'm just thinking like um uh those are some of my uh uh most horrible um roughest times that i wish that i could forget and i would never wish upon anybody else Mm. uh so have have a seizure one day right and then have 30 days of recovery that's crazy 30 days of absolute exhaustion and so you only take that frustration, the uh, um, uh, depression, the anxiety of, uh, you know, is it going to happen again? And it's like during that time I had constant twitching. Mm-hmm. When I would draw, my twitches would stop. Hmm. And so take all of that and put that onto uh, onto paper and turn something absolutely um, horrific and turn it into absolute beauty. That, uh, that almost put a tear to my eye. I have, I, I had nine pictures all 90 hours and over Mm. and, um, I lost those. Oh boy. And so that's how I got into, uh, uh, doing tie dyes because instead of like having to 
bring around my portfolio and then like oh you know like nobody spill anything or like hey don't bend it you know <laughs> i can you know carry around you know bag of discs and don't have to worry about them getting you know like torn or wrinkled or you know anything like that and then you know can show people and get just get the art out there get beauty mm-hmm. out there so from your experience how have people reacted to your dies um uh like i have gotten a a lot of wow with any artist in general you know you get the people who are like you know oh i like this one oh i like that one um but then it's like the uh the ones that uh mean the most um which is like uh, uh which is my um uh gold ice fuse um i call it the the fuse between fire and ice so then like if I were to show them that, I have had multiple people say, I will buy that right now. Or like, oh my gosh, where did you find that? And when I tell them that I drew that, all all freehand, each smudge that you see is one individual smudge. Uh, about 95% of the people, I've watched their jaws hit the floor. But it's like, you know, like, you you put your emotions on there and you know it it doesn't tell the story but it it's almost like um it's almost like you know if if you had the bad times and you know a volcano explodes and then you have the lava go down but then in the end you have you know a new a new wave of beautiful grass beautiful flowers beautiful trees growing from that lava that came down yeah and so it's like, you know, you got to turn into something else, got to turn into something beautiful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So some more questions on the disc dye and kind of like your favorites here for that. Do you have a favorite color of dye that you like to use? Um, I'd say right now um, my favorite color is um, either uh, rosy red or pink. Mm-hmm. Um, only only because it's like they can do so much fading into different colors. Mm. So, you know, like, are you going to do different shades of red? Are you going to do red fading into yellow? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to do uh, pink with orange, pink with green, pink with purple, pink with blue, pink with green? What do you want to use pink with? Pink. Yeah. <laughs> do, you want, do you want the pink texture? Do you want, yeah. do you want the main uh color of the disc to be coming through too mm-hmm. you know um but it's just like uh with i'm I'm just thinking like with uh with red red is just like the start to a lot mm-hmm. you know so what is your favorite plastic type to dye mm, that's a tough one because i've dyed so many different discs um either um uh, Innova Star plastic, um, uh, Lad Two Sixty Four Opto, um, uh, and um, like I've only done sorry, uh, I've only done a few uh, discrafts, but it's like the um, uh, discraft ESP plastics. Right on. What about MVP? Um, like majority of my MVP discs are in that neutron plastic, mm-hmm. um, where like as long as it has a shine, it will absorb nicely. 
Yes. And that that's actually a really good rule of thumb is if it has a shine, it can probably die. If it's got like a matted feel to it, like base plastic, then it won't take as yep. good. So No, that's where um uh you could have it set for you know, 14, 16 hours, and it'll only uh, color maybe 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, I've uh, um, I've dyed um, Castaplast. Castaplast is very uh, absorbent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like I had a, um, uh, a um, Castaplast Berg in hard plastic, and mm-hmm. it did not absorb one drop. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it was um, uh, kind of like main like low plastic line just general uh putter plastics and if it's like that um almost like like uh rubber and plastic mix that mm-hmm. rubber will not absorb it you need that solid plastic yeah do you have a must-have accessory for disc dyeing that you like to use um yes my one uh that i use and um i could not live without is my smudger is that the same thing as a dental tool yep but um i have it to where it's a in like the whole size the whole shape of a pen Hmm. so then instead of being a hard tip pen it's like a soft rubber tip pen interesting so i know you said you found those at the dollar store or something like that are you able to find them anywhere now have you looked amazon yes all right, well, the link to that will be somewhere because I'm really curious. I need to get one out. So do you sell any of your discs currently? So I have tried to. Um, right now I am not selling um, any of my discs. I have, do, I have done uh, um, custom discs for, for friends. Um, like, you know, they'll come up to me and be like, hey, dude, you know, I just got this. I would like you to do the tie-dye. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, to... You know, tie-dye one my own and then sell it? No, not yet. That's that's kind of like a um, goal to work up to. Gotcha. Do you do com- do you do paid commissions? Like you get paid to dye someone's disc rather than selling something that you already did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's mainly what I do. Okay. Um, and it's like I I will charge them um, usually about uh, thirty to fifty. Um, uh, 30 is, uh, so is once again, it kind of like goes to detail of the mm-hmm. amount of detail. Um, so it's like, you know, I'll usually do, um, uh, $30 for the top side, but $50 for top and bottom. Mm. Um, but then, you know, if it's, uh, you know, let's say top and bottom, it comes up to about, you know, like maybe about Forty hours worth. Um, then that's where it's like, you know, like that's where I would really like to charge, you know, like fifty-five, sixty-five, up to eighty-five, depending on you know the amount. Yeah, it's a lot but, of time and effort that you put into this for very little money. So yes, uh, I, yes. I don't, why that, can't we that's get where I'm money? trying like blow just excuse me blow minds with my ten fingers, you know. <laughs> Yeah, how come we can't get the money that like uh, canvas painters get from their damn things? Um, uh, like that's what I have been asking since I was in like tenth grade. Is like how can like somebody go up, throw a po- whole bucket 
of paint onto a canvas and say, oh my gosh, that is absolutely beautiful. And then they sell it for like 1.4 million. And it's like, dude, like I put like a hundred hours into just a black and white pencil picture. Yeah. And you're telling me that's not even worth $2? Yeah. Cause it's paper. Art is interesting like that. Um, Side theory, I think like expensive art is just for a way for rich people to transfer money. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, and see, like that's where I separate because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a rich kid. I'm you know, I'm yeah. a I'm a farm boy from Michigan, you know? <laughs> yeah, I really do think that dyers do deserve more money for the dyes for the, the amount of time that they put in. It's like you're working way less than minimum wage for this. It's yeah. And it's like with you know like the the amount of time that is in it, the the colors the mm-hmm. you know the um ingredients of it you know yeah. the the fine beauty of it you know at the at the finished product mm-hmm. you know like yeah that that should be freaking worth a lot yeah you know i know like the dyes don't last forever and they fade obviously but um there's other arts that do the same thing so why, why not true I mean, necessarily don't throw a painting off the tea box but <laughs> hey do you have any tips or tricks that you'd like to give anybody out there for dyeing? my favorite saying um is and that I, I push on to others who are um who are doing any other kind of art or you know like getting into the tie-dyeing um is i tell them good art takes time you know you want a beautiful art piece well then take your time and put it on you know but like you know also it's it's just kind of like with you know with anything else it's going to take you know about i don't know a thousand hours to get great you know to get great at it but like you know you gotta start somewhere you know it's like being a, you know, being a disc golfer or, you know, like I, I think of like regular golf and I, you know, I've told my buddies this is like, you know, if you were to go out regular golfing, you don't go out and grab the biggest driver, you know, you start, no, you start with like the sandwich or like, you know, and then you work your way up. It's just like with, uh, with disc golf, you start with a putter, you don't go out and grab a destroyer for your first day, you know? And so, kind of like bringing that to tie-dyeing where it's like you know you start with three colors you know i started with a um shaving cream and then like start um uh get get like kind of like i'm I'm thinking like the only word that's in mind is like manipulate it to fit in your style of what you're going for um, but it's like, like I say, you got to start somewhere. You got to start, you know, with whether it be simple, super simple or like, you know, oh, I'm just like feeling this style. Go for it, man. Yeah, that is very good words of advice. And if you're on the fence of like, well, I don't want to start because I don't think I'm good enough. Well, that's the point is it's going to take time and practice. And yes. why not start now to build up that practice to get good later? And, mm-hmm. um, I think I know you said like a thousand hours to get good at something. Yeah, it, it, it takes time to do that, um, to put in the reputations. Unless you're a prodigy or something like that, you're not going to be. <laughs> you're not going to be great. Um, 
so yeah there's always more stuff that you can learn so yeah thank you if you were to start this dying again knowing what you know now is there anything that you would do differently or would you not do anything different at all and just the way you know you developed was the way in the path that you took and learned mm-hmm. yeah and then it's just like like just the more the more time going with it the finer i can get and the finer detail the more you can hide the more uh like you know it's like i i have a picture where it's like you know you look at it and it's like a big butterfly but then you look into it and there's like a seahorse and a star and a, um uh and the um uh like just different kinds of fish and um uh, jellyfish just like different stuff just hidden into that butterfly and so it's like if I can like I'd like to work towards that finer lines finer detail to be able to just get more and more and more onto that disc is there anything else disc dying related that you'd like to talk about I'm, I'm just trying to like I don't know I, I always um, I always kind of look look at myself like a misfit and so, you know, it's like just trying to find um, uh, different ways. If, if somebody says, oh, yeah, dude, you should take path A. Path A is so smooth. <laughs> I'm going to be like, all right, dude, you can take path A. I'm going down path B, nice. you know. Um, and so, um, so when it comes to that, it's like doing the uh, hand-drawn uh, dies. It's like trying to be the trying to be that one person who can like just uh make make these masterpieces without um like without a stencil without a picture to go from, mm-hmm. and it's just like put it on when you see it. That's what it is. You come up and be like, hey, what was your idea behind this? Freaking, I have a lot to inspire me. And so, you know, it's just like kind of like you look at the disc and let the disc talk to you. Let the disc decide what it wants on it. Look at the picture. Oh, well, you know, there's a shark. We'll put that shark underwater. How many layers of water? Where do you want the sun to be? You know, oh, it's, oh, you know, like, oh, it's kind of like purplish. Well, let's, uh, you know, make it a space, look, look, make it look like space or, you know, like that's where, you know, like when I say that I'm in my shop staring at my disc for an hour to five hours, it's having that kind of communication between you and the art piece. Mm-hmm. What do you want on you? You know, so, um, and is, you know, it's just, um, Kind of like let your mind take over and then turn something simple into a beautiful piece of art. That is awesome. Um, I don't think I have that level of creativity, (laughs) Uh, but I do get your sentiment and um, definitely respect what you do and your craft and how you do it. So uh, thank you. Definitely keep up the good work. Um, I've no, I've no, we chatted a lot and, I've actually learned some new stuff recording this, so that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, 
Definitely Thank learned you. a lot um, for the disc dying. But now the next section that we're going to do is favorite faves to get you to know you more on a personal level. Sure. All right. So first thing that I well, yeah first thing that I said was favorite faves. What is your favorite uh, band or song or genre of music? Ooh, that's a good one. If I pick it out, um, probably be um, uh, uh, either um, Angel in the Centerfold or Southside Shuffle by um, uh, Jay Giles Band. Okay, I don't know if I remember that's that like, before. That's like bringing like 80s mm. classic rock, man. Yep. 70s, 80s. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely listened to a lot of 80s metal because my dad was into metal and when I was a kid riding okay. in his truck, he would always play that. So, yeah. See, it's like like um, my, my dad would take us for rides and uh, we'd be listening to nothing but classic rock mm. and um, my dad would you know, he'd be driving, we're rocking out, and he goes, and, hey, Al, who's this? Like, uh, you know, it could be, yeah, it could be Hendrix, it could be ACDC, The Doors, The Who, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, Jake Iowa's band, uh, you know, reading. And so it's like, you know, if you, know, you get the song right or, you know, right or wrong, he tell he tell us the members of the band Jeez. where they're from, what albums, what songs, uh, who that he knows knows them, uh, where you know like the whole history. That's crazy. And so um, then, like going to uh, uh, rock shows with my dad, it was like like oh my gosh, and there he is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, classic rock. There you go. All right. Next question, favorite food, which I'm curious to see what your answer is on this one. Um, well, being a more or less like with, with my surgery, a uh, retired chef, um, I would say my say favorite food um, would be... Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, um, uh, say barbecue, but it'd be like uh, Kansas Kansas City barbecue. Hmm. Um, uh, I have a uh, one of my re- one of my previous chefs who taught me, uh, my buddy Chef Kevin. He he lives um, yeah down Kansas City, Missouri. There we go. So, um, and he took me to one of the uh, one of the best barbecue joints I've ever been to. Um, presidents have been there. Movie stars have been there. And it's like a little hole in the wall that mm. you're just like, oh, my God, I love this hole in the wall. I never want to leave. Yeah. Um, and my uh, my brother is a uh, very, 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 very experienced barbecue chef, mm. um, like running three barbecue restaurants at the same time at a private disc golf course. Or I'm sorry, not disc golf course. <laughs> golf course that's a dream yeah <laughs> um and so like you no know, like um if if i have any questions about barbecue which i rarely do not um or which i really do i ask my brother or my previous chef hmm. so what makes the uh kansas city style unique 
Like, what about it? Um, so, uh, it is the style of barbecue, or I'm sorry, of course, barbecue, but barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, so, where different states have different flavors of barbecue sauce or sauce in general, mm. um, whether it be a uh, apple cider vinaigrette based sauce, a mustard based sauce, a um, but it's like when when we were down there, um, that that smoke joint, like uh, the thing that made it absolutely unique was that it was going on a hundred years of being open. They used the same smoker oven or oh, smoker wow. grill, yeah. right? All brick um, for all their meats. When you go, oh yeah, um, yeah, I'll go with the uh, brisket sandwich. They'll give you. A slice of white bread and start slicing the meat and start laying on the layers of slices and you go oh that's a good sandwich <laughs> oh that's a good sandwich no there's your good sandwich and then another piece of white bread on top <laughs> and then they give you like six different kinds of house made barbecue sauces uh, to all try and like just put on whenever um i've yet to have a barbecue that mm. tops that barbecue restaurant Damn. like like i say it's going mm-hmm. on a hundred years just like uh the um our our family-owned restaurant here in milwaukee called uh kegels Inn. we are a uh, authentic german restaurant uh fine dining and we are going on a hundred years that's crazy so it's like you don't find those, those you know, it's like bomb hole in the wall restaurants. They're hard to come by, yeah. but you find those, and oh my gosh, they are worth the stop. You will never have food like that. Mm. You know, it's like at Kegel's Inn, the dish I recommend to anybody is our half roasted deboned duck. Mm. That dish at that restaurant is my pride and joy. Mm. I know I just ate, but damn, am I hungry again. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Uh, That's part of being a chef. Yeah. Um, so, what is your favorite beverage? Um, if I could drink it, beer. Yeah. Um, but, like, no, otherwise, um, like, I'd say, um, I'd say just kind of in general, just uh, uh, carbonated water. Okay. Because then you only have, like, that the carbonation of soda or beer but it's like you know still get to carry a can around i guess i you know i hate sparkling but. water <laughs> it's basically just like they took the leftover soda and watered it down so it's like ooh. <laughs> yeah and washed out all the sugar and flavor and syrup and <laughs> yes everything good about what it is all it's the, gone all the brown <laughs> now it's clear yeah. Why does it taste like fruit? I wanted caramel. Yeah. Ew. Um, anyways, so <laughs> what, what other hobbies do you have besides disc golf and disc dying? I know you mentioned that uh, you're in the food industry and you uh, were a, don't uh, scrutinize me, but a chef or a cook and you did all that. Um, yeah. So what other hobbies do you have i am a big snowboarder in the winter um and then in the summer is uh um uh disc golf 
mountain biking and hiking. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's like during the winter, you know, it gets too cold. Don't want to look for your disc for 10 minutes for every throw. Eh. Pull out the snowboard. Enjoy the snow. Don't be hiking through it. Be sliding eh. on it. Eh, you know, whatever. Just, just throw but, a ribbon on your disc. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I have seriously been thinking about bringing my snowboard out to brown deer. So then when you get up onto that big hill on the uh, winter <laughs> back 27, snowboard all the way down to the bottom. And be like, hey, I got my disc. Yeah, there you go. Um, for the newly opened uh, summer trails at Alpine. Because mm. that's literally on the ski hill. Yeah, and yeah. I've, I've snowboarded there before. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. A couple times. Yeah, there's a It's a good slope. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I remember you saying mountain biking before, but where do you... Uh, where's your favorite place to go around here? Um, so I've been up to the... Um, uh, let's say kettle moraine um and uh the um uh what's it like glacier glacial glacier drumming trail something hills but it's Mm. all like single track Mm. bike trails um uh up down over these uh like smaller hills through um pine forest that were all part of glacial movement hmm. nice yeah i really i really want to get back into mountain biking um but boy howdy am i out of shape yeah it's like i know i, I got into my fat bike the other day and i'm like <laughs> yeah okay i gotta i gotta ride this thing more often yes next section so if you had to pick three discs to play any course for the rest of your life what would those three discs be and why okay I would say the um, uh, driver would be the Latitude 64 Musket, um, uh, 10.5 Neg.52. Um, the mid-range would be the um, Latitude 64 Fuse, um, uh, mainly in the uh, Gold Line because Gold Line will have more flex than the Opto. Um, and then uh, putter would be my old and faithful uh, soft, soft plastic uh, Latitude 64 Keystone. Yep. Awesome. Well, those are the only discs you can use from now on, so good luck. <laughs> All right. I'll take pars. Yeah, I know. Jeez. I have like a million discs, but I only use three, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, all right. The perfect hole. What has been your favorite course and or hole that you've played so far? Okay. Um, are we, are we saying, uh, here in your entire life anywhere? Okay. Um, okay. Then my all time favorite hole is, um, uh, was my first ace hole, uh, Hole nine at at Snowmass Yellow, Snowmass, Colorado. Um, it was a uh, about three hundred and forty five feet um, going open to a uh, maybe twenty twenty five foot wide tree tunnel back to open across a dirt street, then up a hill. Bas- basket is 
uh, planted at the top of the hill, and then there is a um, a uh, a teepee behind the basket, and then a beautiful mountain drop behind the teepee. And you aced that. And I aced that. Wow! With, <laughs> with a uh, a Innova Dragon sidearm. I don't think I ever heard of that before. Uh, it is a uh, nine five, I think a nine five neg two two. Huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I threw a sidearm when I could throw a sidearm. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that course is no longer um, no longer like um, there. Mm. They stopped maintaining it. Maintaining it. Um, the third year of us being out in Colorado. Mm. Um, but Snowmass Yellow, you had to hike up 1,200 feet to get to hole one. Um, <laughs> and it was a about a two, two and a half hour, 18. Mm. Um, and every, uh, just about every hole um, was over 400. And every hole you're like, wait, where's the basket? <laughs> so um, uh, longest shots, there were a, uh, Four four shots, uh, all over five ninety hmm. downhill. Nice. Yep. Um, do you have any courses that are on your bucket list that you would like to play? Hmm. Um. So, uh, first one is um, uh, uh like my. It, it's a pro course, but it's like back legit at home uh, over in Michigan. It, it was like three miles down the road from where I grew up. Uh, Bluegill Disc Golf Course. Um, they have uh, like three 1,000-foot holes. Um, uh, that one's on, that one's like top. Uh, and then um, like to hit up a couple courses uh, in Illinois and um, uh, Wisconsin next next state up from wisconsin minnesota minnesota because i've had a couple friends go to minnesota and uh from what i hear they have some crazy Hmm. courses um but like here in wisconsin the one that i would really like to hit up is the one up in door county Hmm. i've been door county once and then like i found out that they have a course and i've and i know uh um a few people who have played comps up there and they like it's breathtaking. So, dream date. If you had to pick a pro disc golfer to hang out with and play around with, who would it be and why? I know. I know a lot of you guys are going to be like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, he's going to be like top pick, but um, uh, probably Paul Macbeth. Only because, like, I have been following him. I have been like, you know. Kind of like, you know, kind of like uh, how Sean White was with a snowboard. Like, mm-hmm. everybody saw him, you know, like tearing it up, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, I've seen, I've been watching Paul Macbeth from, like, the start up to date. And mm-hmm. it's like, if if I had the opportunity to even shake his hand, it would be well worth it. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, at least he didn't say me. <laughs> but, but at the same time... Uh, my cousin and his girlfriend, Sue, are both pros. My cousin, 
just got uh, second place state for Michigan. Wow. Um, and uh, he is like top 30 nationwide. And then his girlfriend, uh, um, uh, Susan, um, I think uh, Susan Steffens, uh, she is a uh, four-time world champion for women's disc golf 40 and up. Hmm. Nice. At, at least at least this last time was the 40 and up. Yeah. I can't wait to get into a protected age bracket. That's <laughs> uh, the only way I'll win. Yeah, because yeah, my, my cousin has gotten... Uh, um, I'd like to say my, my cousin has went to Worlds two, three times... Um, and he has been to uh, national disc golf comps through his career. Nice. So awesome. Yep. So it's like when I go back to Michigan, I hang out with the pros. <laughs> well, Mr. Bones, I have definitely learned a lot. You know, I know we've talked off camera a lot before, but I actually did learn a lot in this recording. So that is awesome. Thank you. I hope you learned something too. Um, yeah, definitely go check out his work. Uh, where can people find you at? Um, so I have a uh, um, I go on Instagram or on uh, on Facebook. Um, Instagram, I I'm a um, Rad Bones artwork. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, Bones Rad Art. There we go um, on Instagram, and then um, uh go by bones radlinski on facebook and i post all my uh disc tie-dyes um on instagram and facebook so yeah definitely go check it out um do you have your paper artwork on there as well um i have i have one of my uh, pa- uh paper artwork pieces mm-hmm. um on there but i can get um four five more mm-hmm. um onto my instagram gotcha so definitely go check out his work. Go give him a follow, a like. Um, that'll be that'll be fantastic. And again, it's a very unique uh, dying process that he does. And speaking of that, we'll actually be recording a master class that he'll be teaching a specific dye technique that um, I don't think a whole lot of people have done. I haven't. I've. I haven't seen um, this style out there yet. I so like um, a lot of the stuff that I do in my in my garage is I, I love art so it's like I crack I pull secrets out of my brain and then I put them on and then I, I look online and it's like you know the the art that I'm seeing I'm like I'm like okay you know like that that's sweet that's sweet that's sweet but then like this style mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't seen it out. So you will see what the finished disc looks like because we will actually be, not we, he will be raffling off that disc that we do from that master class. Um, So definitely go check out that master class to see the secret sauce for that. Uh, But for this podcast, we will be raffling off that disc. So 100% of the proceeds from that raffle will go back to Bones to help support him and his uh, amazing craft that he does. Uh, the raffle will go live when this podcast goes live and it'll be live for two weeks. You can find that disc on the Dyers Guild website. So if you go to dyersguild.co slash raffle, you will find it there. So yeah, I'm excited to, um, record this magic class. Um, check out that disc and yeah, I'm 
again, glad we could finally uh, make this happen and work. Absolutely. This is this is awesome. Like, this is a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for being on. So, absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>